top of the morning to you or afternoon or evening whenever you may be listening my name is scotty and welcome to chip time today is monday october 4th wait a second it has been less than a week and we're getting you another episode the people have been clamoring for maybe a little bit more frequent content which as long as the people are listening to each episode that is fine with me The metrics have been looking great, and shout out especially to the notification squad, the people who download or stream as soon as these drop. You are keeping the world turning here in the Chip Time universe. So a packed show as always, and fortunately for you people at home, you will not need to be listening to me the entire time because Mike is back today. We went for another long run and had a good conversation. Getting a little bit of race recap from his perspective for the last two races that we've done and also a little bit of beef of our own that you're gonna get to hear regarding a certain running shoe and I will leave it at that for now. Because we had a fairly lengthy conversation, I'm going to keep this introduction fairly short because on the tail end of the show, after my discussion with Mike, I will be recapping the Joe Piani Cross Country Invitational in South Bend, Indiana on Notre Dame's campus and talking through what happened there, how did our predictions shake out, and uh, maybe a little more beef of my own. So before we get to the interview with Mike, real quick, not even too serious of a training update, but I wanted to discuss what is my plan for the month of October. It is officially the fall. It is time to get the plaid shirts out, to get the pumpkin spice lattes out, And in this flannel season, it's one of the last times we can run outside here in the Midwest for the whole month. It's not cold enough that we need to go inside, and it's not quite dark enough. But the sun, it's going down sooner and sooner. You hate to see it, but it is still going to be a good month. And for everybody who has that marathon on their calendar, that big race, maybe a half marathon, this is the time they are peaking their mileage and maybe starting to tail off just a little bit for the next couple weeks. So my plan for this month, honestly, I was thinking about doing a half marathon for a while, maybe even hopping into the Detroit Free Press, but I've decided these 5Ks lately have been a lot of fun, and I've been able to have pretty irregular training during them where if I did a half marathon, I would really try to get a bell curve of going up to higher mileage and then back down and tapering, and it would be a little bit forced in a reduced time frame like this, whereas for 3.1 miles, I really can train at a more consistent level like I've been doing. And like I said, they've been fun. So the plan for now, I haven't exactly identified a race. And Mike and I get have a little banter about what we're thinking about doing. But I think I'm going to stick in this training slash 5K mold. 
And I am dubbing October a shoe month for me. I've continued running in my Saucony Endorphin Pros, getting used to them. And I'm going to start running in the on Cloud Stratus as well. And I am pretty fired up for that. I also have two pairs in my training shoe rotation that are getting near the end of their useful lives. Both my Saucony Endorphin Shifts, I'd say they probably have at most 50 miles in them, probably even a little bit less than that, 30 to 40. And my Adidas Ultra Boost 19s probably have 40 to 50, just a little bit more left in them. So I will be getting some new trainers in the rotation as well. And I'm, I'm excited to try out some new shoes, keep hitting the trails. And while we're not setting the world on fire with with the speed I'm running, I'm just having fun enjoying this weather. And in addition to it being a shoe month, I also want to run with other people as much as my schedule and their schedule allows. So shout out to my buddy Austin, my dog, my day one, whatever you call it. One of my best friends since middle school. Uh, He was on the track team with me in middle school and did not continue in high school where he played soccer. But my man sent me a text on uh, that was just yesterday. Yeah, that was Sunday. And funny enough, I had just changed into my running clothes. It was later afternoon on Sunday. And he asked me if I wanted to go for a run. And it worked perfectly. So we got four and a half miles in together. And he had already gone two and a half in the morning. So a solid seven miles of volume for my boy. And I just had so much fun with that. So many of my days are running the same loop by myself because it's designed to be certain paces. And and we've talked a lot about that on this show, why I run certain pace zones certain days and pair that with ab work and and strides and uh, and lifts, different things like that. But it is nice sometimes to just go for an easy run with a friend and have good conversation and fellowship. So I am planning on this month, in, I was I was kind of at that decision point, right? Am I going to go hard for a half marathon and try and break 130? Or what I decided to do, we're going to maybe do another 5K, keep it social, and have a shoe month here in October. So I'm excited for that. Uh, just trying to end the year healthy. And without further ado, let's get into my conversation slash debate with Mike. Well, the boys are back kind of where it all started, I guess you could say, in a few different levels. You know, number one, this is the place we had our first interview about four months ago. We've been putting in the work out here on these dirt roads for a long time. And uh, even more so, this was the place where I crumbled before the crim due to humidity and finally have made my triumphant return. So Mike and Scotty here, long run Saturday, and uh, it, it was beautiful running weather. 
I mean, we have been blessed after all of this heat and humidity to have, I mean, mid 50s. Thank goodness. Partly cloudy. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I mean, I, I feel like at this point, this is our home training ground, right? I mean, NAU and the flag people have Buffalo Park. Uh, Tin Man has Mags. Yep. Brooks Hansons has Stony Creek. We have Genesis. I use Stony Creek in the winter as well, so maybe we'll we hop around. A little, little turf war joke, coming but, up. But here. I really like these dirt roads out here. I think they're a good mix of, you know, uh, give you some hills. Um, if you want to train hills and it's nice dirt, um, you know, low impact. So just a, a beautiful morning. Sun's out, birds are chirping. Birds are chirping, so we're wearing shorts. It's uh, my rule. And yeah, I'm also a big proponent of soft surfaces. I think it's something that like, it's so much more forgiving for your legs. And so after our coffee classic, which we're gonna get into some race recaps a little bit now that we have you on, uh, I went on a trail run the day after that race. Slow, we call it mowing the lawn pace. One of our listeners invented that. (laughs) And uh, it's just so forgiving to the legs. And one thing I think I do a better job of at this stage of my running career compared to when I was a teenager and always wanted to rip off fast runs is going slow up the hills, just taking it one step at a time. And even if your average pace on your watch gets like two minutes slower, you just get up the hill healthy. So we didn't have any crazy hills today, but... Uh, it, it was good to just kind of lock into an easy pace and get some aerobic work in. It was. And I mean, it's one of those things where you just kind of to kind of trust. Because when you're running on dirt roads, you might not notice in the moment, you know, that, the, that there's a soft surface. And you might even think, oh, I could go faster if I, if I was on the roads right now. But it's one of those things that pays dividends um, later on. I know we were talking off air about, you know, just sleep. And I know you talked with Coach Wilk about, you know, sleep coupled with, nutrition and, and that and it's all those little things add up so soft surfaces is, is another one of those things we can add to your tool belt for for good recovery now there's something i don't think we've brought up on the podcast before but we've talked about at length off air and that is that you refuse to wear any shoe besides the endorphin <laughs> speed including recovery days and easy days plated shoes 24 7 i cannot endorse this behavior i've gotten so much flack from the show's host over the last month month and a half because i don't have a quote-unquote cushioned trainer that i wear on recovery days not only that but you have five (laughs) pairs of the speed it's not a rotation i have five pairs i i have a rotation i have ones that have 220 ones that have 200 ones that have 40 or 50 and if it ain't broke don't fix it that's my philosophy and yes I, I will probably get something cushioned but I'm saying this right now if I get injured because I'm wearing a cushy shoe underfoot I'm not blaming myself however I do like the ultra boost I know we've gotten wearing some right now identical yep. pairs of those those are ones that that I would entertain. I've run in the shifts. I don't know though. The speeds they just give me that perfect balance of cushion. 
and, and control. So I think we can compromise. <laughs> and I'm not injured. <laughs> I think we I think we can compromise here because I know other people who also love using the speed as a daily trainer. For me, having a flat foot, no arches, narrow mm-hmm. foot, it, it, a neutral shoe like that is not a daily trainer for me. And I've really enjoyed racing in it. So we'll start there. I love the shoe. But here's the thing. A nylon plated shoe, I mean, that's designed for the roads, the sidewalks, the pavement. It. The first time I yelled at you for it was when we were doing a trail run. We were doing a trail run like three weeks ago, maybe four. Yep. And... I'm I'm in the zone. Whenever we run on the trails, I turn on some music. We're taking it easy. I was either wearing the Ultra Boost or the Endorphin Shifts. And I look over and I'm like, are you wearing the Endorphin Speeds right now? So I will, I will continue this campaign to get you to purchase something else. Again, I am not against that shoe. I love that shoe. I brought up on our run today. I have thus far liked the speeds more than the pros i know probably everyone will kind of disagree with me on that uh i'm talking about like i would wear the speed in a marathon over the pros right now uh but we need to get you well if you're listening if you have any you know original endorphin speeds laying around i'll gladly take them off your hands when they went down to 120 back in june they, they, they still are actually I, I see i'll probably order five more pairs i mean it's it's the deal of the century if i think for me it's the best shoe i've ever run in so i stand by that i haven't been injured well speaking of this shoe and speaking of the success that you've had in it both on easy trail runs and some recent races yeah uh you said the all-purpose shoe yeah we have a couple races we need to talk through that I've been a part of as well. First, we got to wind back the clock two weeks to the Draw Bucket 5K, the one that Tom invited us to, had his debut race. And I think there's one place to start, which is Arm Sleeve Girl. We saw this girl. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know if Tom and I brought it up, but we saw this girl warming up. Left arm sleeve, Sonia Richards Ross special, and we were pretty intimidated. The, you could see the fear in my eyes, I'm pretty sure, at the start line. She was wearing all black, too. She was, and, and, and like Scotty said, she was warming up for a good 35 minutes before the race, and I'm like, okay, all right, is this girl in college, or, you know, is she going to you know win this thing or what? And so I think the lady at the start line asked us, you know, we're kind of taking bets, you know, what's a winning time going to be? And I'm like, I have no clue what kind of shape I'm in. I said, I'll probably be, I know I'll be sub 20, but I don't know where I'm going to fall. 18s, 19s. This girl said she was hoping to be, I think, sub 20 or in the 20. So at that point, I was like, okay, you know, probably have a good shot against her. But man, she, she got, she got out, she got after it. <laughs> she got off. out of the blocks quick <laughs> like i my my race plan and i'll we'll get yours in a second yeah. here was to start conservatively mm-hmm. more than i usually do and i look at my watch being a little bit behind her and it said 540 pace yeah. so i'm like all right we at the elites up here like i'm not even gonna gonna work mm-hmm. off of that but you mentioned 
not knowing your fitness or, or knowing exactly where under 20 minutes you could run, right. what kind of race plan did you take in with those question marks? Well, I was pretty confident, and I know you alluded to this uh, um, on one of the previous podcasts, but I had just decided to run it and jump in, throw my hat in, I think Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, to snatch the win away from me. Yeah, I, I I know. I, I apologize for that. but I don't, it think, was, I don't think you mean that. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to probably come down to me and you. I mean, I, I really didn't know. Um, so the interesting thing about this, and this is just a quick aside, is you could actually view the participants that had signed up for the race on the website prior to the race starting. So I kind of did, you know, a little bit of uh, scouting mm. on there. So I saw Tom on there, I saw you, and I saw some others, but there really wasn't anyone else that kind of popped out at me that was like, okay, you know, this person's going to run away with it, you know, with a 15.30 or something. So I knew at that point after I'd signed up that it was probably going to come down to me and you. You had already kind of given me your race plan was just to kind of do a cut down, a tune up um, for the following weekend for the Coffee Classic. So I was like, okay, well, at worst, you know, I'll stick with Scotty, but you know, I don't know if he's going to abort race plan if he's feeling good and, and kind of go for it. I know you, you know, you typically stick to your race plan and don't deviate. Um, so I guess all that in mind, yeah, we got out of the gates pretty quick and, you know, I think kind of, I think probably we were maybe a quarter, half mile in and I think it was me, you and this girl and I had taken the lead, I think probably about a half mile in or so and looked down at my watch, we're running I think we're running probably 604 605 and i was like this is comfortable i you know don't really need to go any faster at this point in time um if i'm leading and kind of knowing what the paces you were trying to hit it was like okay this is comfortable i don't hear anyone else behind me i'm not looking behind me um so from there i think i think i was 604 right around the mile and i was feeling pretty good and i know you kind of had already described the course though there, there was a little bit of a grassy area right at the turnaround point and i was with you at the mile Yes. I was, I was feeling yep. good too. Yep. Second mile, I had kind of cut down and, and it wasn't really a, a planned thing. It was just, I was feeling good and I think I could already kind of smell the finish line at that point. So it was like, okay, I'm going 556, but I'm not pressing the panic button. Um, I haven't really run really paces like this in, in a while, you know, back to back miles that are, you know, six minute pace or so average. So at that point, once I got through the second mile, I was like, I'm hammering. I'm going for it. Um, just want to see what I can do. I'm feeling good as long as I don't make a wrong turn, which I have a history of doing 5Ks. As long as I don't make a wrong turn, you know, I, I should have this thing in the bag. So I really just turned on the Jets that last mile, and it was it was cool. I felt great. Came through. Clock, I think you talked about how the course was a little bit short. I think I had a little bit. three point maybe 0-2 oh, or, or I think. 3 So I, I crossed the finish line at 17.56 on the gun, um, but uh, I think probably it really was about an 18.15 or 18.20. So really happy with how the race turned out. Um, I think it was – I thought it was a pretty good showing just for a little, you know, local 5K. Um, it was really good to just kind of turn the wheels. Um, and, and definitely it was a confidence booster going into the Coffee Classic, I would say. 100%, and I think that second mile – you really hit the nail on the head with executing on because I, like you said, you didn't throw in a surge per se. It was just a steady pickup. Yeah. 
and I more maintained, I actually think my second mile was a little bit slower than mile one. And I kind of looked up at one point and you were a fair amount ahead of me. And I was kind of like, whoa, where did he go since you hadn't thrown in a surge like that? But yeah, kind of re-reflecting on it. My only slight regret in that race, uh, besides slowing down a bit mile two, was not starting my surge to the finish Mm -hmm. soon enough because the course was just a little bit short. But It was a little short in... um the closer you got to the finish, there were more kind of turns and everything. So that obviously, you know, the little... It ended with kind of a horseshoe exactly. turn. So, so that, that you know, that's not ideal. You like to be running, finishing down a straight or something. But yeah, I thought it was a great race, great little tune-up. And I think got everything out of it that we wanted to, so... Well, after the technical difficulties that occurred at the crim, I guess you could say, the, the physical challenges that ensued... More for one of us than the other. It won't say who. But how did it feel to redeem that performance, given the fitness, given the work you put in this summer, and take home a W? Yeah, it was nice. Um, but really, I knew I still had work to do. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, walk away with my chest puffed out after that race. I did. It was, it was like okay, but the real work still needs to be done the following weekend. So. I wanted to kind of keep everything in check. I didn't want to let my pride get the best of me and knew that, okay, this was a good performance. I felt good about it. I like where I'm at, but there's still work to be done. Yeah, you you definitely were a little more level-headed. Uh, Tom and I were pumping our fists like, <laughs> celebrate good times, come on. We were feeling pretty good. And I, I can't say, I mean, I mentioned um, in my recap for the Coffee Classic, mm-hmm. my own race, I didn't stay in it mentally that much. Uh, I didn't plan for my race that much. The week leading up? Is the that, week leading yeah. up and, and the day of. And I decided just to have fun with it, and I did. But I certainly wasn't taking it as seriously because I was so happy that I executed well at the draw bucket 5k I had that monkey off my back that hey I finally finished a race standing on two feet conscious like we can check that box (laughs) which we can't say for all the races in the summer (laughs) but you mentioned you you get the win at the 5k but there's more work to be done the eight mile race of the coffee classic which you ran in June as well the eight mile race was your goal to beat your June time, or was it something completely different? So my A goal was to win it. Um, I'd run this three years ago, the first, the inaugural Coffee Classic race, and I had won it. Um, the second year I ran it, I got second. I was in it till about the hill, and I the, the kid I was racing against was, a, I think, a freshman or sophomore in college, and he just had young legs. I mean, that's all it came down to, and he pulled away, and... I didn't have enough grit or toughness to, to, to go with them. So I had a little bit of a redemption from that. I wanted to uh, redeem that. And then June, you mentioned, I also got second. Uh, that one wasn't close. He kind of ran away from, from the start. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to um, – I wanted my A goal is always to win. And, you know, some might call me crazy. Obviously, in the crim, I, I'm not looking to win it. I'm looking to run a PR probably. But uh, in the local races, in the local races, it's like, 
you got 60, 80, 100 people, you know, I, I'll throw my I'll throw my hat in there with any of these guys, you know, unless they're, a, you know, a pro or something. So that was really my A goal, my B goal was, and you kind of had a, I think you might have said it. I don't, I can't remember if it was on air or or off air, but was to beat my my June goal, and I was thinking, you know, Scotty's kind of planted this this goal in my head. I don't. I really had no idea what kind of fitness I was in because my, my mileage has dropped off after the crim. Um, my lunches out at work have, have increased. So I have two of those things going against me. <laughs> um, so I was really, I, I took the the lead up and, and kind of coming up with a race plan really seriously going into that because I was, I was scared. I was like, I got one shot at this and I want to execute. Um, and I knew it was probably going to come down to me and Jason. I didn't know who else was going to be in the race. Um, well, well, let me interject here, too. You just said one shot. You sent me a text saying, this is the 8-mile Eminem Mike McCalla. And I said, you got a car blowed with mom's spaghetti. Let's go. <laughs> yep. So I was fired up. But it was also this reserved, like... Um, not stress, but I was I was a little scared because I didn't know what was going to get out of me. I just had a great performance the previous Saturday, but that was three miles. I got to run eight now. Um, and and really, I challenged myself after the crim to to grit it out, to kind of find some of that toughness, and to not give in when the going gets hard. Um, so I guess, I mean, with all that preface, I say we, we can kind of get into it. I know you already talked about the weather, and I told you during our long run that I was going to debate your comment on the weather because I feel like the rain was awesome. What? It, it, lowers, it lowered my core body temperature, so I wasn't overheating. And another thing I was thinking of, too, was the last three miles, I just wanted to get to the finish line so dang bad because it was raining and my singlet was sticking to me and stuff, like, which isn't the most enjoyable, I, I'll agree, um, that it's just like more motivation to get to the finish. But I really enjoyed running in the rain. It, it kept me cool. <laughs> and and uh, it was just kind of, I don't know if, if anyone out there enjoys running in the rain as much as I do, but it just, it brings out this kind of like almost primal instinct it's almost like you're just so raw and I've talked to my wife and I don't know if she quite understands this every time I run in the rain or get stuck in the rain on a run, but it's just like this, you feel alive. And I just love that feeling. I don't know if I love it as much in a race, but you know, doing a long run on a Sunday in the rain, isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, so that kind of brought up some of that, you know, child childish joy i would say during the race in the words of every high school cross-country coach over 40 it's not training if it's not raining <laughs> i haven't heard that one before but i like it and i would I, I echo that so um so we go out you know you take it out 5k eight mile and i think jason cracked a comment like this is a familiar site yeah. or something like that since I kind of rocketed out to the lead. I will say I need to I need to note one more thing. I had sweatpants on in our in our lead up. Oh yeah. To the race in our warm up and I had already tied my shoes and these are kind of like jogger type sweatpants and I didn't realize I couldn't pull them over my shoes 
and the race director said, okay, two minutes till race time. I'm like, I'm trying to get them over my shoes and I, I just can't. So I have me and my wife both untying my shoes, getting my pants off and then we're, she tied my shoe and I didn't realize that my tongue was tucked under my laces the whole race. And I'm tying my other one and I get a, a, a running start to the start line because it was that close. So I was already kind of a little stressed out like, holy crap, I almost missed the start to this race. So uh, I just had I just had to put that in because I almost forgot about that. But yeah, our gun goes off. You know, me and Jason are just kind of chumming it up a little bit the first mile. You know, there, there's another guy who's behind you, Scotty. And we didn't know, he's running probably 6.12 um, or so pace. And we didn't know until the turnaround what race he was running. So Jason's like, I hope he's not running the eight mile. Because I was kind of feeling it too. I was starting to breathe heavy and like, gosh, I, I, I wanted it to come down to me and Jason. I didn't want there to be this third variable um, coming into the race. So we get to the turnaround. There's no one in sight for you. So I I was going to say, when I turned around and saw him go with you guys, I kind of pumped my fist like, yes, I just have to not <laughs> fall apart. I can win this. Oh, yeah, because you didn't know either. You didn't know what race he was in. So um, so you had it, yeah, you had it by leaps and bounds. Um, gave you your little nod and go get him, Scotty. And then it was time to get to work, put the head down and, and, and get to work. Um, so this guy, he was, he was not giving up easily. I'll say, uh, I think Jason, and I, Jason and I caught him around, I want to say two, two and a half and Jason kind of surged to take the lead and I went with him and this guy was right on our tail though. I mean, we were all step for step and we're taking tangents and that's the thing I told Jason was when we were catching this guy, he wasn't taking tangents. So we were just naturally able to kind of come up on him because we were taking tangents. I mean, why not? Rookie move not to. Yeah. So, um, and, and for some of the audience who may not know what that means, right? it means you, you're taking the most direct straight line. line forward before you need to switch direction. Correct. So you're, you're actually have less overall distance where if you were hugging the inside turn yep. and it kind of winds back and forth, that's a longer distance than those straight lines point to point. Exactly. So we were taking those, so we were just naturally gaining on them. We weren't picking up pace at all. Um, so we caught them. And then we have the, there's a little bit of a downhill right before three miles. And Jason just surges. And I'm like, holy crap, like, is he just trying to lose this guy or is he trying to lose me? Um, come to find out after the race he was trying to lose the other guy because I'm with him I don't I don't want it to I want it to come down to me and him I don't want anyone else in it and I don't like hearing footsteps behind me so we lose this guy I think I, I never turn around to check so Jason and I kind of share the lead we kind of yo-yo in and I throw in some surges just to kind of see where Jason's at and and my plan kind of coming into to the race was okay get through four and then see where you're at get through four conservatively you don't need to go out and and you know have no one in sight you know a minute behind you because that's not going to do any good you're just probably just going to fall apart the last half so executed that to perfection and, and all the while we're trying to you know obviously keep our feet as dry as possible because there's puddling on the trail and everything um 
So we're step for step through, I think about four. And then I don't think I threw in a surge, but Jason seems to think otherwise. And we'll have to get him on the podcast to get his, his thoughts on it because he thought I went sub six, the fifth mile. And I didn't, I think I went maybe six Oh nine. So it was a little bit quicker than my average pace. But, um, once I started to sense a little separation between him and I, I did kind of just naturally, I think just running with the lead, you don't want to, you don't want to relinquish that. Right. So, so I had a little bit of motivation there. I, I definitely do think I'm a better runner with a lead. Um, because you're kind of controlling the pace and everything when you're running in second. And I don't know what your experience like this is, Scott, but, uh, it's harder because you don't know, you can't see that person's face. You don't know what kind of pain and agony they're going through, but from the back, it just looked like they're as fresh as ever. When I started racing and I'm talking middle school, uh, I was actually a 400 runner, funny enough. And I always liked being in lane eight because you just start in the lead and you just never look back. And so I do know that feel it's much different in, in a distance race but you do feel in control when your sight is just open space in front of you and it's on you to make those moves and and make those adjustments. Yes. And I think key is I kept telling myself, do not turn around. Whatever you do, use it to your advantage because mentally you're going to want to keep pushing. And mind you, we're running 615, 616 pace for this. So I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up, man. I haven't been really training. Um, so there's some separation, but I don't know. He could be he could be 20 yards behind me. He could be 200 yards behind me. I have no clue. So five miles is kind of when, you know, it was like, okay, I got three miles left. Grind it out. You, it was one of those, it just doesn't happen every race, where you're just in a rhythm. And I know I was talking to you about this. As much as I told myself that, okay, you can step off the gas a little bit, regroup, get, you know, get your breathing under control and everything. I was just in a rhythm. I, anything I tried to do, I could not shake this 616 pace that I was on. So I was like, all right, well, I hope you don't fall apart in the last, you know, two miles or, or hill. And all the while I have this in the back of my mind, you know, I know Jason's got a pretty decent kick and he can close. So not knowing how far he is behind me and knowing that, you know, I'm starting to suffer a little bit with, you know, going into the, these last two miles, I really don't know. I don't feel like I have it locked up at this point. Um, so it was really just controlling what I can control, quieting the mind, focusing on the mile ahead, one mile at a time. That's what I kept telling myself and taking the tangents. And it was it was nice as much as you know the rain kind of gets in your eyes and like i said the singlet sticking to you um i really enjoyed it you know took it home i did peek back kind of once we got to the top of the hill there just to make sure there was no one closing in on me um and knew i had it at that point and um yeah i was really happy with 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 how it all worked out um i feel like that was kind of redemption for the crim too because i knew what kind of fitness i was in the weather didn't really play to our advantage that day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was really happy to see that all come together. I mean, that that really is what these local events are all about. Is I think I might have mentioned it in, in my last episode I did solo talking about my race. But, like, when we train as much as we do, um, obviously you have to enjoy it. 
Mm-hmm. You, you have to enjoy coming out here on a Saturday like we are right now. But there's more beyond just training and just the the act of going on these daily runs and even our workouts. Racing is where you see how you stack up. You see what your body can really do. And having that opportunity in better weather, I'm still kind of anti-rain. <laughs> um, I think with the nylon plate in the endorphin speed, I kind of felt like I was stepping in like puddles a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're so used to that shoe because it's all you wear. So <laughs> it's, wear. It's, it's nothing. I have no race day advantage though with the <laughs> yeah. nylon plate because I don't run in a heavier shoe that's not plated in my training. There so. you go. Get, get get some Timberlands or something. <sighs> Yeah, But no, it, it was an awesome win for you. I mean, good for the brand that we took the sweep. Yeah, yeah. The headbands well. were just, uh, you know, the icing on the cake with your mom uh, at the finish. That was really cool. Um, so uh, if anyone out there wants a chip time headband, we're going to get uh, Scotty's mom to order some more and hopefully... They look pretty clean. Oh, they... And white, it's, it's a beautiful. good, comfortable headband, too. They got the too. logo on there and... So we, we didn't race with them on, no. but, like, we will next time yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and like Scotty, I got my $5 Dunkin' Donut, so thank you for that. Coffee Classic, the first year I won it, I think I got $100 to the running lab in Brighton. So, I mean, there there's some room for improvement, but um, appreciate the gesture nonetheless and uh, always happy to support the local races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I might have said this before, but got about one seventh of our race fee back with with that cash prize (laughs) so you can't beat that no uh the shirts are pretty sweet too they say i think it's coffee run repeat yep and my brother he was over the other day and he said like when he sits and like you're arch forward a bit it covers up the run part and it just says coffee (laughs) repeat (laughs) so great great t-shirts uh it was fun having everyone and like having like my family get to meet like you and Dana and like Rob and his fiance and, uh, and Dozer, his dog was there too. That it was just a good day, even in the rain. Yeah. And it's really just engaging with the local running community. Right. And that's what, I mean, I know your goal for the podcast is, is not only educating the people, but you know, just growing the local running community. And, um, you know, those that might be sitting on the couch that are kind of hemming and hawing about, you know, joining that local race. I mean, we more than encourage you to do that. That's the running community is like any other I've ever experienced. And it's so supportive and encouraging. And not only that, but it's nice to see, you know, too, even the personal development. I know Tom's talked about that at length on the podcast too. So, um, definitely encourage, encourage you to, uh, to get plugged in and, you know, go to your local running store, pick up a nice pair of shoes and support the, the local running stores as well. Support your local running store always. I say it again, support. And, yeah, it, it's been fun having those events. Uh, we're we're kind of TBD at this point. Yeah. If we're going to race again, um, I'm kind of leaning towards yes in the sense that winter's going to be here at some point. There's not going to be the opportunities again. Uh, but also my legs aren't feeling that fast right now, and I don't want to – force it my my goal i'll harp it as much as i can i just want to end this year healthy yeah i just want to be healthy feeling good and ready to start 
2022, you know, feeling good about overall wellness. You mentioned sleep as well. So TBD, I mean, we'll let the people know if we're hopping into any of these other fields. I will be. Uh, so you're for sure. I'm you're... doing the well. I'm doing the the virtual turkey trot with. Oh uh, yeah. My wife and and her family. And um, I am. I, this needs to be approved, but I'm trying to throw my hat in the ring to fire the start gun at this family event. But hey, any and all are welcome. Um. And then I know I, I haven't. I need to check the website, but I know Graham Blank does the chocolate 5K every year that runs right through my sub so i'd be uh i'd be dumb not to to, mm. to throw my hat in that it's a it's a really good race and they got <laughs> fondue chocolate in the gym at the high school after and they give you this little um, tray of just pretzels and little snacks that you can dip in the fondue so yeah, I'm, I'm a chocolate lover so i think 5ks are the the good compromise with where my head is yeah, at exactly. where it's easy to hop in for three miles I've already kind of checked the box of that season's best and yep. that, that sub-19 performance, and I still would give it my all, but just like the coffee run 5K, I just want to have fun, and I'm not as much of a fan of those virtual events, but I know that's more of a family one for you. Yes, it, it um, wasn't my first choice, but hey, um, however I, we can you know encourage the family to get out and get active, um, I'm all for it, so... It'll be fun. It'll be something cool to do and might even come up with like a little finish line or something in the sub. And and uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, we'll definitely keep uh, keep these conversations going with what the race calendar could look like. Yeah, and if anyone else has any suggestions, I mean, feel free to reach out to the podcast and, um, you know, throw any suggestions or comments about any local races we should do uh, into there and we'll add them to consideration. Let's keep this win streak going. Let's do it. I'm trying to milk this fitness for all it's worth. Might as well. Might as well. So days like this, we got to keep enjoying them while we have them, and we'll see where the wind blows. The man needs to be stopped, okay? I, I can't make that any more clear. That That is directed both at his race performances, competition. He needs to be stopped. And certainly this behavior, endorphin speed 24-7, I'm doing the best I can, okay? I am Johnny Appleseed. I can plant the seed, but we need a little bit of rain for that seed to grow. And gosh darn it, this man needs a cushion trainer in his life. We all do. We all do. So please listen to the experts here. L- listen to me. And I hope that uh, at least our audience can agree with me. You know what? I think there is a way on Anchor that I can put a poll up now. So I am going to do that. Who who are the people siding with on this Scotty or Mike on this endorphin speed debate? So that'll be going up when this episode drops. But as we wrap up the show, I do need to recap the Joe Piani Invitational, and along the way, I will be introducing a new segment, I guess you could say. I'm pretty excited for that. So, ladies first, we're going to start with the individual side of things. So, I predicted Caitlin Tui of NC State 
to get the win over the reigning national champion, Mercy Chalangot of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I was incorrect on this one. Mercy, Lord have mercy, she took the win. And Alabama actually went 1-2 in this race, but it's not who you would have expected. If we look back at the 2020 National Championships, we saw Mercy Chilang got first and Ameris Tanisma of Alabama third. Going 1-3, both of them coming back, you would think that is the 1-2 punch. But it actually was Flomena Asekol of Alabama, a junior college transfer from New Mexico Junior College, getting second in that race. And Tanisima was all the way down to 28th. She was actually Alabama's fourth runner. Esther Katahi was third. She was an All-American in 2020. So Alabama, they are a top-heavy team, but adding this JUCO transfer to, you know, running right there with the reigning national champ, look out for the tide here if they can get a better performance from Tanisma, who is proven, as well as solidifying that fifth runner spot. As far as the team race goes, we nailed it. The NC State Wolfpack. Uh, I, you know what? I'm pretty biased on this this show. I'm a big fan of the NC State Wolfpack. I'm a fan. Let me tell you why. I'm a fan of what they're doing and how they're doing it. Pack running, basically from the front. All of their five scorers in this race were in the top twelve. Five of the top 12. Let's break it down. We had Kelsey Camille third. She's a reigning All-American. Hannah Steelman sixth. She was fifth at Nationals last year. Caitlin Tuohy was eighth. She's a reigning All-American. Sarah Latour was ninth. She is a sophomore having a breakout season. And Allie Hayes, who is a grad transfer from Columbia, was 12th in this race. And not only did we see good performances from these five women who scored in the blue race, which is sort of, I guess you could say, the varsity race here at Joe Piani, but there were also three additional women who went sub-17 in this 5K. So we had Samantha Bush and Heather Holt in the blue race as well, the sixth and seventh runners. And Savannah Shaw winning the open race with the 16.58. And this is not even including, I have three more women from NC State to, to read off here. We have Brooke Robber, the freshman who's redshirting this year, one of the top recruits in the country. Marley Starlipper, who is redshirting again, I guess. We haven't seen her race yet for the pack. She's in her second year at the program, but she had an extremely high recruiting credential coming in last year. And then Dom Claremont, the reigning ACC national, or not national champ, but the reigning conference champion is not in top form right now. So if she comes back, that would be the last infinity stone for coach Lori Hennis to to complete that gauntlet but i think you know what you only need 5 to score 
and win a national championship. I'm all in on the Wolfpack, and I put my money where my mouth is on this one. I just purchased a t-shirt that'll be coming in the mail, and uh, I will, I'm going to be completely up front that you are getting, uh, I wouldn't say biased journalism because we're really just going over the results, but if I like a team, I'm going to let you know that I like them, and the interview, the interviews, plural, after the races, it solidifies that for me as a fan, as a consumer of this content. So when you have this many high-profile elite athletes, practice is very competitive. And it can either be competitive in a way that maybe brings stress and negative energy. Think about the Nike Oregon project from five, six, seven years ago. Or it brings people close together where they care about each other. They're running for their teammates. And in this case, it creates an environment where the lineup is kind of interchangeable. Whoever's the first runner on one day might be the fourth runner on the next day. Tui has been the first runner in the last meet, and she was the uh, she was the third runner uh, in the lineup this week. So after the race, runner space caught up with three members of the Wolfpack. We had Savannah Shaw after winning the open race, who was just very happy for her teammates and just excited to race again because I think she may have been battling some injuries. She was not at the Adidas XC Open, and it was good to see her uh, really take care of business with a 1658 in that open race. And then there was also Hannah Steelman and Allie Hayes getting interviewed and just, you know, voicing their support for Caitlin Tuohy's hard work, how she always brings it in practice, and also just, like I said, how much they care about each other and run for each other. That is championship DNA. You'll love to see it. Switching gears a little bit, we have the men's race, starting with the individuals. I predicted Adrian Wildscoot of Florida State to get the win. He did. He took care of business. Uh, Adrian was second at the national championships last year, and he's pretty fit right now. I mean, he's even taken a step up in some of the times he's running, and so it sounds like uh, for, for around the first mile of a full five-mile course, so not the traditional eight kilometers, the Joe Piani men's race is a five-mile course, and he, he basically said he took the first, uh, in his post-race interview, took the first mile with the pack, uh, in his opinion, somewhat controlled. I think it was around a 4.30 or just under, and then he threw in a surge and just like time trialed two through five and was head and shoulders above the competition. But the runner up in this race, John Davis of Illinois, you got to look out for this guy. He's a heck of a miler. He was second place in the Big Ten Championships for cross country last year. I remember that race on the Big Ten Network. He was wearing a knit cap there in, in that course in 
gosh, what part of Indiana was that? It's been a minute. Terre Haute, I think. And he used that mile closing speed when in that Big Ten championship, George Kusha of Nebraska, he has since transferred to NAU, uh, Kusha put in a surge about 6K into that race, and he was making a move, putting a gap on the field. And as he was closing that finish line, John Davis almost caught him. If it was a 10K race, I think he would have. And so it is rare for someone to have that kind of range between the mile and the 1500 on the track and the cross-country course. So with Kusha out of the Big Ten, and you look at a lot of the other teams in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Michigan, they like to pack run more than unleashing a star. John Davis is going to be right up there with a healthy Morgan Beetlescum for that Big Ten championship. And this second place Joe Piani performance certainly puts him in that potential uh, conversation. So Mario Garcia-Romo, it's more fun at MGR. We mentioned him in the preview as well. And I think he had a pretty solid race. He finished ninth place. I would have expected him to be in that top five, but not a bad race by any means. Um, I think the biggest surprise of the two races was Tanisima um, in the women's race falling to 28th. But hey, solid opener for MGR. He had a long spring season. Uh, After the NCAA championships, he raced on the, um, the European circuit in his home country of Spain in some of their international races. So it made sense that the coaches kept him out a little bit longer. And uh, this was sort of a rust buster for him, if you, if you will. So good to see MGR back in action. But here's the thing. The team win. I was so sure that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish would defend their home course and win, bringing back six All-Americans from last year. But they didn't even finish in the top 10 of this meet. How could that happen? How could that happen? Here is what happened. They did not run the A-team again. They are still in hibernation, and have not towed the line for a meet this season. And I was so sure that this was going to be their opener. They're going to open at Joe Piani. They're going to shake the rust off, get the win. They're going to go to pre-nationals. Then it's an extremely competitive field there in Tallahassee. Then you got conference, regionals, nationals. But they decided to not race the A-Squad here at their home course. And I I can't say I agree with this. And not only that, but it led me to the brink of insanity to the point where as I was looking at these results, I did something I have never done before that I can't say I am proud of, but it didn't end up as bad as it could have. 
I started a Let's Run message board thread. And it was titled, actually, I think I have it right here. Yeah, we still got it up here. Let me just read the thread. Notre Dame men in hibernation. And it, my, my message board for people to respond to said, Any reason the Notre Dame A squad has yet to race this season? I understand skipping unnecessary small meets for such an experienced group. And obviously, Yared Nagus had an injury issue in early August. But if these guys are the national title favorites, you'd think they'd toe the line for one of the biggest invitationals of the season on their home course. And I'm not going to read all of the responses, but the the I think the response, one of them that I got that seems like it probably is what Coach Sean Carlson is doing, is it sounds like they are just hammering workouts right now in South Bend. They're putting a lot of volume on the legs. They're putting a lot of intensity into it. They're, they're doing the Jeremy Wilkes special where they just go to the well every day and say, oh, I guess this is how we get better. And you know what? I, I just don't like it. I don't like it because there is something beyond fitness in this sport, and it is race tactics. And we saw some rust from them in January in that altered season before nationals. And of course, they had a great national championships, but I say not only is it great for for their season to hold out for this wrong, but this is my biggest, you know, this is going to introduce the new segment. My biggest disagreement with Coach Carlson here is this meet is named after Joe Piani. And if you're going to hold out your A squad and you're going to expect people from other universities to bring their best to this invitational and treat it like a premier event, you are cheapening your brand. Good day, sir. And so we're going to introduce a new segment of the show, which is saying when somebody does or says something stupid, that is a chop. Right now. No, yeah. that's a chop, buddy. What, what was that? That was weird. Why are you chopping him? It's a chop, man. You say or do anything stupid, and that's a chop. So in this case, Coach Carlson, that's a chop. But we gotta cover, <laughs> we gotta cover uh, the first and second placing teams in this meet. We had the Furman men taking the W with the Michigan Wolverines close behind in second place. I don't know these Furman guys too well. I do know one of their runners pretty well, Cameron Ponder. He was their number three guy in this meet, and he had a heck of an indoor track season last year from the mile all the way up to the 5k. So great to see Cam Ponder out there and for the rest of the team to to even have a couple guys above him. We're seeing some incredible depth from the Furman Paladins and the Michigan Wolverines pack ran as well. All five of their scorers between 24th and 38th place. Devin Meyer leading the charge had an excellent mustache in that race. Meyer is a multiple-time All-American. And if Tom Brady can come back this cross-country season, I think that will elevate the lineup 
even more. It's tough to tell on his Strava because he's doing some cross training and he's starting to get some mileage in. But to me, being the cautious person I am, I don't think they'd be rushing him back in uh, at this point, which is tough because like I've said, he's a great cross runner. But good to see that from Michigan, none the less. So as we wrap up the show, just a reminder, if you would like to get in contact with the show, chiptimepod at gmail.com, chiptimepod at gmail.com. I will be posting that poll on the Anchor, so if you have our Anchor app, or if you want to go to anchor.fm slash chiptimepod, you will be able to see a vote between Mike and I. Who is right about this Saucony endorphin speed issue? Continue to leave ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast. Sorry, I didn't even check them this time around. It's only been a few days since the last episode, but those help the show so much, spreading the word and helping us climb up the charts. And lastly, if you would like to join the Chip Time Strava group, all you need to do is follow me on Strava and we will get you plugged in right away. So thanks for listening. Keep working hard and we'll see you next time. Thank you.